The Church Fellowship of Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut welcomes you to this edition of Shi'ar Jeshub. Today, we will begin the next sermon in the Heavenly Authority series. So let's join Bible teacher and author of the award-winning book, The Nature and Power of Prayer, Pastor Greg Scalzo. In the Heavenly Authority series, last time we saw an important attitude for God's servants. In any discussion that you have of authority, uh, it was in Luke chapter 14, I'll read again verses 8 to 11. Jesus said, when you are invited by anyone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in the best place, lest one more honorable than you be invited by him. And he who invited you and him come and say to you, give place to this man, and then you begin with shame to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit down in the lowest place, so that when he who invited you comes, he may say to you, friend, go up higher. Then you will have glory in the presence of those who sit at the table with you. For whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Humility. That was what we discussed last time, the importance of humility for the servants of God. And that brings us to the next section, how do you lead? What is uh, the motivation when you lead? If you uh, look in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 7, it says, Remember those who rule over you, who have spoken the word of God to you, whose faith follow, considering the outcome of their conduct. Whose faith follow, considering the outcome of their conduct. Let me read it to you also in the NIV. That was the New King James. Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Now, the word there for rule over you or leaders uh, in the Greek is and it means to lead, to guide, like a governor, to lead the way, to command with official authority, to lead, to guide, and then so the New King James translates it to rule, the NIV translates it to lead as leaders. So it, it, it connects to what we speak about with heavenly authority. He's telling them, he's telling them here to remember those who rule over you, who lead you, who have spoken the word of God to you, whose faith follow, considering the outcome of their conduct. How do they lead? How should they lead? How should they guide? By example, right? By example, considering the outcome of their conduct, whose faith follow. Leaders lead by example. And so we have the right attitude that should be shown by those in authority to lead by example. And again, you notice the recognition of those ministers. Remember those who rule over you. Remember back to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 12, and we urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. Be at peace among yourselves. For their work's sake. 
that the work of God can go forward. That word admonish means to instruct, to warn, to reprove gently. That's part of the work of authority, to admonish and warn the church so that the church is awake and how much more as we approach the last days. Then if you look down in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 17, again we have this word, hegeromini in the Greek for those who rule. It says in verse 17, obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls as those who must give account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. They must give account. Let me um, read it in the NIV. Obey your leaders, again it's translated leaders in the NIV, and submit to their authority. They keep watch over you as men who must give an account. Obey them so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no advantage to you. So the same concept we had in 1 Thessalonians, for the work's sake, um, he's saying be submissive, do everything right, as it regards those in authority in the church. But notice for what we're talking about here, he says, as those who must give an account. So the leaders have to lead by example. And the leaders have to give an account of what they do, uh, how they've exercised their authority, how they've discharged their trust, how they have conducted the Lord's work, how they have admonished, how they've taught, how they've ministered. You lead by humility. We studied that last week. You're supposed to lead by example. And also then you lead by a knowledge that this is a very serious, serious matter that you have to give account for any authority God has given to you and all those he's placed in your trust. Very serious matter. It's a heavy burden for all the positions we've studied of heavenly authority, all the different gifts and offices. It's a tremendous burden. And what you read here in Hebrews chapter 13, uh, let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. It would not help the work go forward. Everyone can help lessen the burden on those in authority so that it is a joy and that the work of God can go forward. So you lead with humility, you lead by example, and you lead with the knowledge that you have to give account for that ministry. Now, there's one other principle we want to return to at this point that we need to deal with, and it has to do with, and it's a topic that comes up over and over, money and the Lord's work. And we've already seen the need for finances to do the Lord's work, how the worker is worth his keep. We studied the Old Testament, the system they established to provide for the temple, the tabernacle, the temple, the Levites, the priests. And in the New Testament, you have how the worker is worthy of his keep. For that matter, let's look at that scripture again. It's in Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10. And we'll start at verse 9. This is the uh, directions that the Lord gives the 12 when he sends them out. He says, Provide neither gold nor silver nor copper in your money belts, nor bag for your journey, nor two tunics, nor sandals, nor staff. For a worker is worthy of his food. 
Okay, that's the same direction he gave to the 70. If you remember when we studied the 70, when they were sent out, he told them in Luke chapter 10 and verse 2, the harvest is truly great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go your way, behold, I send you out as lambs among wolves. Carry neither bag, money bag, knapsack, nor sandals, and greet no one along the road. And whatever house you enter first, say peace to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest on it. If not, it will return to you. And remain in the same house, eating and drinking such things as they give, for the laborer is worthy of his wages. Do not go from house to house. So that same concept in Matthew and Luke. And there's so many other scriptures throughout the New Testament. Um, if you remember 1 Timothy chapter 5, in verse 17, we studied, Let the elders who rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in the word and doctrine. For the scripture says, You shall not muzzle an ox while it treads out the grain. And... The laborer is worthy of his wages, right? Same concept. Galatians chapter 6, verse 6. Let him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. Let him share with him who teaches. And then 1 Corinthians chapter 9, Paul is uh, speaking in his defense uh, he says in verse 4, Do we have no right to eat and drink? Do we have no right to take along a believing wife, as do also the other apostles, the brothers of the Lord and Cephas? And then he goes on in verse, uh, verse 9, For it is written in the law of Moses, You shall not muzzle an ox while it treads out the grain. Is it oxen God is concerned about? Or does he say it altogether for our sakes? For our sakes, no doubt, this is written, that he who plows should plow in hope, and he who threshes in hope should be partaker of his hope. If we have sown spiritual things for you, is it a great thing if we reap your material things? If others are partakers of this right over you, are we not even more? Nevertheless, we have not used this right, but endure all things lest we hinder the gospel of Christ." Do you not know, verse 13, do you not know that those who minister the holy things eat of the things of the temple, and those who serve at the altar partake of the offerings of the altar? So Paul is connecting here the system that was established in the Old Testament for provision of the priests and the Levites and ministering at the temple to the New Testament ministries and offices, those in authority. He specifically, as an apostle, as Peter, as the Lord's brothers, how they too then deserve provision to do the work of God just as those who ministered at the altar. Even so, verse 14, the Lord has commanded that those who preach the gospel should live from the gospel. That's a commandment in the New Testament. Those who preach the gospel should live from the gospel. But verse 15, but, but I have used none of these things, nor have I written these things, that it should be done so to me. For it would be better for me to die 
than that anyone should make my boasting void. For if I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast of. For necessity is laid upon me. Woe to me. Yes, woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. For if I do this willingly, I have a reward. But if against my will, I have been entrusted with the stewardship. So whether he's doing it like a quote-unquote job or whether he's doing it free, he still has to do it. He is called to preach. Woe to me, he says, if I don't preach. Uh, what is my reward then, that when I preach the gospel, I may present the gospel of Christ without charge, that I may not abuse my authority in the gospel? He has authority in the gospel. He doesn't want to abuse that authority. And Listen to his attitude. Listen to the spirit. What we're talking about here requires us to discern spirit from concept. You know, there's a lot of concepts that float around that people say them, but you can say the exact same words as someone else with a totally different spirit and a totally different meaning and applying it a totally different way. So we have to train our spiritual eyes and train our spiritual ears to see and hear the spirit behind the concept. On our website at shiarjeshub.org, you will find information about our church and a library of hundreds of Bible study radio programs. We live stream the Sunday morning service at 10.30 a.m. on YouTube, and then the video is posted up on the Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle channel, both on YouTube and Rumble.com, as well as on the church website itself for 24-7 access. The website address again is shiarjashub.org and you can check Isaiah 7 verse 3 for the spelling.